is Sean Donovan, and you're listening to the guys at Send Central. I just couldn't do it. I just felt like I, I was I wanted to I wanted to play playoff hockey. I mean I've got eight playoff games to my name right now and for me that's that's not where I want to be at this point in my career. Hello and welcome to episode twenty six of Making Sense of the Sends. You heard it there. The blockbuster has finally happened. Matt Duchesne is an Ottawa senator in a three way trade with the Nashville Predators. In the trade, if you're just waking up under a rock, the Ottawa Senators acquiring Matt Duchesne. Nashville gets Kyle Turris, and Colorado gets seven pieces. Pretty unbelievable. They get from Nashville Samuel Girard, who's a stud defenseman out of the queue. Definitely the top prospect in the trade. Vladislav Kamenov, a solid prospect there too, and a second rounder from Ottawa, giving up Shane Bowers, the 29th overall pick from the last year's draft. Andrew Hammond, a first-rounder from this year, albeit if it's a top-10 pick, which is unlikely, the pick will move to 2019 or 2020. Ottawa also giving up their third-rounder in 2019. Initial reactions of the trade from the boys. I'm with Chris Parliament, Brandon Piller, and Jeremy Houston. What do we think of this, boys? Well, this one came across, and you got to say, when you see Matt Duchesne, Ottawa Senators, the lights go off, fireworks go off, it's incredible that Ottawa was able to pull it off. And then you see the list of players that were given up and you start to think back a little bit and say, was that too much? Was that too much? But a day later, I'm starting to come to grips with it. And I think this is a great deal for Ottawa moving forward. You heard Guy Boucher talk about it there and say how this makes this team better. Kyle Turris wasn't going to get signed. We knew that deal wasn't going to get done with Ottawa or was likely not to get done with Ottawa. Adding a guy two years younger in Matt Duchesne, it's exciting. Yeah, when this deal initially broke, I was a little disappointed that the Sens gave up their first round pick, third round pick, and Bowers. But the reason that happens is initially Ottawa wanted, it was quite clear, Sackick wanted either Shabbat, White, or Brown to be part of the deal. I'm way more comfortable with the Sens giving up a first round pick, Bowers, who was a late first round pick, and a third round pick above any of those three guys. So, like you said, Chris, after a while, after I've had some time to digest, I'm okay with what the Sens gave up, and man, am I excited to see Matt Duchesne, number 95, light it up with the Sens. And this trade wouldn't have gotten done without Kyle Turris ultimately signing a six-year extension starting next year uh, at an average of $6 million. Of course, the state tax in Tennessee uh, would have more so been about $8 million per year in Ontario. Um, Jeremy, the fact that Ottawa isn't giving up a top ten, a top five prospect out of their system, does that automatically make that trade a win for the Senators? I think it's a win for the Senators. It's a win for the Predators, for sure. Isn't it a win for everyone? It's a win for everybody, especially if you're... If you're Joe Sackick, you have, what, six, seven chances here to make this an extra win for you. If any of those players pan out to be any sort of good, you're you're doing all right. Well, Gerard's going to start 
automatically with Colorado. He's already got three points in five games with the Nashville Predators. This is a player who put up 149 points. Sorry, a defenseman who put up 149 points in his last 126 junior games. It's unbelievable. The, when I look at this, though, I, I I look at two teams, Ottawa and Nashville, that have been great drafting teams for the past 15, 20 years, and especially in the past five years. And that's the only way this this deal happens. Because Nashville is so deep defensively, they can give up that excellent defensive prospect that you just pointed out as stats. That's the only way they can do that. The fact that Ottawa can give up a first-round pick because they've drafted so well, Basically, getting too. Shabbat, getting White getting Brown over the past few years, that's the only way this this deal happens. And thankfully, David Poyle steps out of the blue to allow this deal to happen. Good good on both teams for drafting well over the past few years to allow this deal to happen. And you speak about drafting and defensemen and what Joe Sackick needed to get this deal done. And it, Gerard, we mentioned it, he's the centerpiece and he's what they need because... Colorado took some defensemen pretty high in drafts over the past five, six years that have not panned out. Tyson Berry's worn the green jacket, been a big-time minus for them for a long time. A guy like Nikita Zadorov coming out of London in the OHL was supposed to be pretty good, never really panned out for them as well. So he really needed a sure thing here. He didn't get Shabbat, but he got a... Yeah, well, you got a damn good prospect, that's for sure. Gerard's up there uh, coming out of the same Quebec League as Thomas Shabbat did, putting up pretty similar numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gerard almost even more explosive, but uh, many think Shabbat's game will translate a lot better to the NHL, just given his size. uh, Gerard's coming in about 5'10". He's not a big guy, but uh, the way the league's going, as long as you can move the puck, you're going to be all right. Uh, Kamenov as well, uh, many may forget, but he was the captain of that Team Russia that lost to McDavid's Team Canada at the World Juniors in, uh, I should say, uh, Curtis Lazar's uh, Team Canada. He was the captain <laughs> of, of that team, but um, he's been solid. That's the in, second time I've heard Curtis Lazar's name all year. He's the He was a solid player, though. He's got eight points in 10 games in the American League this year. Uh, seems to be a guy who will slot into the middle of uh, any given NHL lineup, so uh, good for Colorado, as Jeremy mentioned, getting seven chances to make this trade work. Uh, I love it from Dave Poyle's perspective as well. This guy, uh, he's the only GM that Nashville's ever seen, and building that from an expansion team that didn't have quite the amount of assets that, uh, let's say, Vegas got when they started, to turn that into what he has is... is uh, you got to tip your hat to him. Uh, getting stud players. You do, not many guys can tra- say they traded for Ryan Johansson, Kyle Turris, um, Philip Forsberg, and P.K. Subban. And you talked about the expansion draft. He, he lost an asset in James Neal Good one too. over the summer. And that he for, traded for. Exactly. And it, to get him back, that, to get a great piece back in not even a calendar year is pretty impressive as well. And guys, just a little tidbit here. I was thinking... Three-team trades are crazy, and when when was the last three-team deal? Well, it also involved the Nashville Predators, and it was the big blockbuster that uh, Tenorti and John Scott were involved oh. in. That was the last time a three-way deal is done, so obviously Poyle is uh, quite familiar with it and knows how to work the three-team deal. 
And uh, in terms of, we'll just finish off here what Colorado got. Shane Bowers, nothing far from a sure thing, right? It seems everyone has him as a third-line ceiling, but very likely he will be an NHLer. So you're getting a good piece there, the first, the third, the second, all that. Uh, Andrew Hammond, kind of a throw-in in the trade, but I, I got to say from my perspective, watching that Hamburglar run, the 21-2 and run, to get into the playoffs by three points, that's some of the most fun I've ever had watching hockey. So uh, props to the Hamburglar on the way out. I hope it works out because since he had the hip surgery, he's got a few injuries going, and uh, he's played well with Belleville, where he'll actually stay for now. Um, they've loaned him back, so... Technically, the only difference is that Colorado will be paying his salary uh, in the last year of his deal, $1.5 million. I know you don't like that for Hogberg. That is the weirdest thing. Like, can <laughs> what is going on with Hammond? Like, he traded him, and the team's like, we'll pay for him, but what's going what on if, in Belleville's crease? Well, here, here's the thing. How and many I, guys do they have back there? I wanted there? to talk about this. 12? Well, there's four there, and Close. When, Hammond, when Hammond was traded, I thought, sweet, this frees up Hogberg's spot to play and develop as a backup to Danny Taylor and Belleville. Nope. Hammond's staying, but being paid by another team, which is still a plus because there was a nice little stat here that after Hammond had been traded as well as part of this deal, the Sens only added half a million of salary with adding Duchesne and getting rid of tourists. So that's not bad at all. So it's nice to see Hammond uh, move on, even though he hasn't moved on. But hopefully he doesn't block Hogberg anymore. Well, that was the initial reaction kind of in the Senators' Twittersphere that Hammond's gone, Hogberg's the next guy up. (laughs) Speaking of Twitter, shout out to Bruce Garriock for breaking this story as tourist to Nashville, Duchesne to Ottawa, and Hammond to Colorado. Just giving the the Denver fans a little bit of a heart attack. A little bit of one. Oh my (laughs) god. How about the six other pieces though? Um, Matt Duchesne, let's take a look back at his uh, a little bit of an interesting career path for him. And uh, we're well. We're, let's just say we're happy how it ended up. And if any player were to unseat Hedman at number two, it would be Brantham Battalion Center Matt Duchesne, an all-around talent with speed and skill. And finally, to our fans in Colorado, we are proud to select from the Brampton Battalion of the Ontario Hockey League, Matt Duchesne. There aren't too many 18-year-old hockey players who can say that they got drafted by their favorite NHL team and then signed a lucrative endorsement deal on the very same day. Matt Deshane's weekend couldn't have gone any better. It was a roller coaster ride that he will never forget. Bounce it, it comes right onto the stick of Duchesne with some jump. Barry joining the rush. Duchesne right in, he scores! The center ice, and it comes to the avalanche. Duchesne's got a breakaway, Duchesne he can! He did it! Matt Duchesne and the Avs are in the playoffs! Matt Duchesne fakes backhand, goes forehand, and right underneath the bar. Senator Duchesne, first skiing over the line, splits through, and he's Wow, what a play by Matt Duchesne! This is unbelievable by Nine and White. Oh, what a play! What a toe drag to get that from behind him! After the setup, he has got such slick hands. Duchesne has been the subject of trade talk for well over a year. Got louder last year as the Avs took up residence in hockey's basement. No trade. Many figured he would be traded over the summer. No trade. Duchesne is here in person, but in spirit is questionable. I'm not taking any questions right now. I'm here to honor my contract. I'm here out of respect for the fans. And I'm here for my teammates. Um, I'm in 
had a great summer training and I'm in good physical condition. So thanks so much. I'll see you the next couple of days, okay? Obviously, this uh, yesterday was a great day for our Senators franchise. Um, after a great playoff run last year, uh, we feel we've added an, an elite forward to our group, one that we feel that can help us take to the next level. Uh, we've acquired a player that we're really excited about acquiring. We're not looking for him to come here and be a savior because I don't think we need to be saved. I think we're, we're doing fine. Uh, but we're definitely looking for to, to continue adding to our identities, our identity stronger, and that's exactly what uh, what he does. Matt Duchesne will absolutely bring some much-needed offense to the center's lineup. Um, wh- one thing about Duchesne that needs to be uh, discussed is how the big drop-off of his production last season. The, of course, not being traded at the deadline was it came as a shock to him. Uh, the fact he only had three goals in his last 35 games of the season. Uh, most people wouldn't say that's a huge bargaining asset, but this guy is a per- perennial 30-goal scorer. He's done it before. He's a member of Team Canada on a number of occasions, most notably the 2014 Olympic team where he brought home gold, uh, typically playing on the fourth line as a centerman between Rick Nash and Marty St. Louis. Uh, Patrick Sharp getting some uh, reps in there too. But is he that much more of an upgrade to, to t- Kyle Turris? Yes, and when you look at the numbers that he put up in Colorado, obviously he did have a bit of a roller coaster ride. We just listened to it there. But when he's put in international play and surrounded by talent, like he will be a huge step up in the talent surrounding him in Ottawa, he flourishes. And he brought home the gold. And you got to look at what he's able to do when there's significant talent around him, which was definitely not the case in Colorado for an extended amount of time. And you saw us play suffer from it. Also, he's been under the rock of this looming trade for a season and a half. That is so much pressure off his shoulders that when you saw the video of him leaving the ice last night... Finally, it's over. Exactly. that He can exhale and the weight of all of Colorado is coming off of his shoulders and I'm expecting him to just have that extra jump in his step and to get on the board early and often in Ottawa. And these two players, they have a lot of similar skill sets. They can both shoot the puck, they can both skate, they both have pretty good hands. Playmaking ability. Playmaking ability, but here's where Duchesne excels in every single one. He's he's a stronger skater than Torres. I'm not saying he's faster, but he's stronger on his feet. I'm not saying he's a better shot, but he's stronger on the puck. Not saying he's better defensively, but if you're stronger on your skates and you're stronger on your stick, you're inevitably inevitably going to be better defensively. And those are all things that he is slightly stronger than Turris in. So it's just, it is an upgrade in every single position. And Ross, you mentioned that Ottawa does need some scoring and down the stretch, yes, they will. But you look at this team right now, and they're fourth in goals four with an even 50 on the season. And everyone's talking about that Stamkos-Kucherov connection in Tampa right now. But they're only eight points ahead of Ottawa with an extra game played. I mean, eight goals ahead of Ottawa. But it's just incredible. points, like, damn, that's actually a lot. <laughs> incredible <laughs> that Ottawa's been able to have this production. Shout out Mark Stone, shout out Derek Broussard. But now adding that next step, unbelievable. Great and- move. And Boucher mentioned this morning that he will not be breaking up Broussard Stone. Uh, it takes a genius not to do that. <laughs> but uh, that being said, so that's marked in pen on the depth chart. Uh, we saw Turris play a lot with Ryan Dezingle and Zach Smith. Who is going to be the guy to ride shotgun with Matt Duchesne? We saw him with 
Zach Smith, and Mike Hoffman this morning at practice. Ross, I'm not sure about who's going to play with Duchesne right away, but what I've got my eye on is Bobby Ryan and Duchesne. What a tandem that's going to be. Secret twins, apparently. Man, I don't... I think, I really think, we talked about it before on previous podcasts, but I really think Bobby Ryan is having sort of a mid-career crisis, and he's he's on the positive side of that, and now he's figuring his game out. Put him with a guy like Matt Duchesne. Maybe he gets his scoring touch back, or maybe he just, we've said, Ryan has been a great passing player recently. Maybe he starts feeding Duchesne, and they put up a lot of points together. I'm so excited for that when Bobby Ryan gets back. And even if he doesn't get his scoring touch back, if the line is Duchesne down the middle, Bobby on one side, and Hoff on the other, those are three very unique players in the sense that Bobby can hit now, apparently, and he can make plays happen. He gets assists, as we saw through at the beginning of the year. Hoffman, an elite shot, which you heard Duchesne say. Yeah, I love hearing Duchesne say he's going to load Hoffman up as much as he can. That's what we need. Not Less of Hoffman playing with guys like Pajot and Pyatt. Get him on an offensive line. Unleash him. And then for the inevitable time where Colin White is called up, uh, I think that's a pretty decent third line there if you're looking at Ryan Dezingle with Pajot and White. Yep. So re- regardless of any player that you throw out there, that's a great potential three guy combination line you got a guy that can move the puck and score in Duchesne you got a guy who can shoot the puck in Hoffman and then you got a guy in Bobby Ryan who can do a little bit of everything he can apparently now play physical as I just said so that should be a pretty interesting line yeah it's your classic playmaker sniper and power forward setup but the power forward in this case can score score some goals too and play at a pretty high-end talent uh, it's it's going to be definitely interesting to watch. It'll be hopefully he drinks some milk this time he's off and he can stick around in the lineup for a while. But like you said, Brandon, we've seen his play go up. It was the I think last year we can call it the valley of his career, and he's climbing back to the peak on the other side now. And Matt Duchesne will definitely help him up. How key was it here that Dorian was able to hold on to all of his prospects in in the trade? I know we we mentioned it briefly before, but uh, just being able to have White come up and now I want to get more so the fact that they didn't give up Shabbat. You still have such a surplus of defensemen. Uh, Cody CC coming up as a restricted free agent. We've heard his name thrown out mostly by, by the fans. We know the, how how much the organization values him. Um, are the Senators done? Should they be done? And do they need more offense to get into a playoff push? Here's the thing. This trade was crucial because, first of all, Ottawa's been looking for a true number one center since Spezza left. Duchesne is a true number one center. And second of all, this trade needed to happen because Kyle Turris was not getting signed. Apparently, Dorian said Turris had never even given an option to do a six-year deal, which is the big problem. I'm pretty sure they agreed on dollars. It was the term. And the Sens did not want Turris for seven or eight years. So they needed to replace Turris, who was their quote-unquote number one center. And they got Duchesne. Now they need some help on the wing, especially with Bobby kind of being iffy with his finger. They need another top six guy. I think you can move one of those defensemen, like we talked about before, either Clayson, Weidman, or Harper. Maybe packaged with something else or maybe just straight up for... Uh, some scoring depth, even if it's a veteran guy, because this could be a big year for the Sens, and I think at the trade line, they got to be buyers. I agree with you completely, and one name that jumps out to me is the is the P- 
impending free agent at the end of the season who we just saw take home number two star honors in the NHL, and that's Josh Bailey. He hasn't had a great career thus far. He was very highly touted when he came into this league. So if you were able to move a lower-end defenseman that is kind of right on the cusp player in the logjam, like a Chris Weidman or a Freddie Clayson, just as a rental and then deal with that in the offseason. But Josh Bailey would look very good on a second line, like you said, if there's an injury knock on wood but going into the offseason you'd have your you'd have your choice with him being a free agent coming up and we know Pierre Dorian has been heavily scouting the New York Islanders um, recently so it makes sense that that could be a possibility for them Uh, we got to take a minute here Kyle Turris such a big part of the Ottawa Senators over the past six years um, 10th all-time in the franchise for goals for let's take a listen to some memorable moments of Kyle Turris's career um, I, uh, I'm excited to be a center. Torres tips it back to Alfredson. Walks in. Torres, his shot. Scores! Wow. Kyle Torres pops the battle. 4 3 Ottawa in OT. Looking for Carlson, and he finds him. Coming down that right side. Out for Stone. Laid it back. Torres scores! It's over. And Kyle Torres, the hero. Matthews gets a little bit behind Turris, and he made no mistake burying that into the back of the net. And there's the reaction as Guy Boucher gets his first win and his first try for the Ottawa Senators. The Bruins get the puck under control. This angle stolen back. David Turris, score! Beautiful shot off the post and in by Kyle Turris. Long pass up, picked up here by Turris. He'll come in. Turris, second chance. He scores! Sens GM Pierre Dorian has reportedly been pursuing Duchesne since mid-September with discussions heating up. Nashville wanted Kyle Turris and Colorado wanted to end the Duchesne saga. I think the players wanted closure. I'm real excited to be a Nashville Predator and uh, I, I'm just looking forward to, to meeting all the guys and, and joining a, a great team and a great franchise. Man, that hurts to hear, honestly. Kyle Turris, one of the great senators, especially what he did off the ice as well. Uh, Brandon, what's your favorite memory of Kyle Turris as an Ottawa senator? Well, I'm sorry to take this one off the board right away, guys, but that game winner in New York. No, that doesn't count. We said no, not using that I'm one. Ta- I'm taking it off the board. Which one? The one he scored on Lungfist overtime. What game is that, five? Yeah, but he's done it twice. This year, though. <laughs> okay, yeah, this one was game yeah, five. Th- yeah. That was easily my favorite tourist moment. I said you he, can't use that. He comes down the wing. I'm using it, Jer. Comes down the wing, does the classic tourist setup where he makes space, goes a little wide, and gets the defenseman to be a natural screen for him. This time, though, what hardly ever happens, Turris took the shot. Defenseman actually blocked it, but good on Turris. He stayed with it. He drove hard to the net, buried it. On, it was pretty much a fluke shot on Lungfist, but I think... If it wasn't a fluke shot, Lungfist would have had it, but that ended the game. And then what did he do after the game to celebrate? He went to a charity event with the Capital City Condors to to be there with a bunch of those kids. And that's a big loss for that charity because he was a big voice, not only in that charity, but through throughout the whole community. So that's a tough, tough thing to see Kyle Turris lose. Such a humble guy, such a great guy. And that's exactly where I was going to go with mine. Not a goal, not an assist, not a play on the ice. It was actually with his work with the Condors. And we saw it last year in the playoffs when they 
when they showed Turris working with the team and just being in the locker room with all those kids who have had such a hard fight throughout their life and get the chance to spend time with an NHL or just talk with them, that is the biggest area that Turris will leave open when he does leave. And hopefully Matt Duchesne can step up somewhere in the community, and I'm sure he will. But that will be my my favorite moment is seeing tourists working with those kids for the with the Condors. And just just to add on to that, Jared, that shows he actually wants to be there. Like this wasn't like a team scheduled thing. He had just finished an overtime playoff game. The guy's tired. If I was him, honestly, I'm probably heading to bed for the next day. You're probably so gassed. But he wanted to be there for those kids. So good good on Kyle Turris for sure. I got to go with this year in the playoffs as well. Another overtime winner, but this time he got the assist. Uh, after Dion Phaneuf scored, and we all remember that Selly at the point where he jumped, left his feet. That was pretty fun to watch. Very next game, that was still kind of a swing series. We didn't know yet. That's when uh, Eric Carlson lost his man behind the net. Never chase him behind the net. Finds Dominic Moore? It might have yeah, been. Yeah, yes. it was. He finds Bobby Ryan at the far blue line. Bobby Ryan drops it back. All of us are screaming, why are you dropping it? Kyle Turris somehow finds his stick blade right on the goal line. They bang it in. Big celebration ensues. I just loved that moment. Uh, never never forget thinking, why would you ever pass that back? And then Kyle Turris makes the most of it. Gets, gets it right back to Bobby, and he bangs it in for the win. So I'm going to do two because the first one was an obvious miss by all you guys, and that was the initial overtime winner against Henrik Lundqvist. I was told I wasn't allowed to use it. I was also told not to use it, and Brandon still did it. So so then we have to give this one props because it's one of the best shots I've ever seen. Jimmy O'Brien, shout out Jimmy O'Brien, lighting <laughs> up with the Belleville Senators. I had to get a contract, buddy. But um, no, it, it was an unbelievable play. You know, uh, the Sens needed that that win uh, as well. Jimmy drops it back and, and just top corner. Can't put a shot any better, but uh, the one I was originally wanting to do was uh, January 17th, just a regular season game in Toronto. My first time watching the Ottawa Senators play at the Air Canada Centre. It's 2-2 going into the third period where a minute in, he goes classic Kyle Turris, wrist shot into his feet, upstairs on James Reimer, goes for the game winner, assisted by Daniel Alfredson and Jared Cowan, one of my favorite and least favorite Ottawa Senators of all time. <laughs> you but, have his jersey. <laughs> but, I have it now. Yeah, now, now Pillar has it, but um, Jasmine has the Kyle Turris one, so it sucks for uh, for her having to, to let that one slide, but uh, you know, Turris just uh, helped me leave the the rink that night in very good spirits. So uh, we'll remember him. But now that we're talking about regular season hockey, since we've done the last pod, the Senators are two wins, two losses, two overtime losses. Is there anything that's really stood out to you guys from that uh, from this recent stretch? It's got to be Mark Stone. How can it not be Mark Stone? He, he's put up unbelievable numbers. And he just continues to put the puck in the net. And we all know his takeaway ability, his ability to play some defense as well. But guys, he's got 16 points this season. He's a plus 12. And he's got nine goals. I don't think any of us saw this coming. And it's just been so fun to watch him take off so far this season. For me, what's been most impressive the last couple games... uh, (laughs) Boucher's boys have been doing really well. I'm talking about Tom Pyatt, uh, Burroughs, Nate Thompson. These guys have been... Dito. 
Dito, they've been given better minutes, and we all kind of roll our eyes and and sit back. Wow, classic Boucher giving the vets all this time. But, man, they've been proving it. And uh, good on Burroughs. He got his 400th point uh, against the Golden Knights, and that was a battle. I, I just like the battle that I'm seeing from these guys. So, But hopefully Duchesne coming in and Bobby being healthy kind of bumps those guys back to, down to where they should be. But they did. They made good with their opportunities up front. Yeah, and I had to throw Dito's name in there too because shout out to whoever on Twitter came up with that Dito is the Costco Clark MacArthur. (laughs) This guy's already doubled his career games, or sorry, games in a single season, and he's looked relentless out there, and you know Boucher would love that. It's great that you guys are all happy with a 2-2-2 stretch. I'm not happy with that. If I'm the Senators, I'm not happy with that. That's a team that should have easily beat Vegas. They were coming in there. The Vegas game was with a, terrible. Their eighth stringer goalie in net or ninth stringer, who who even knows anymore? No intensity. No intensity. I don't know if it was because it was an afternoon game or because me and Lovey had a game to cover that night. They didn't care. They knew that we weren't going to be paying attention. That was among the worst hockey I've seen the Senators play this year, going back to last year. I don't know what if they if Kyle Turris He'd heard his name mentioned in the trade rumor, it not happening. He was still playing for the team. I f- kind of felt bad for the guy. He's out there knowing that his name's being thrown around. That was among the worst efforts I've seen the Senators put in almost over 360 days. That That's another thing I wanted to touch on in the trade. Good on Dorian. When this trade was announced and was dead, I think that put some awkward moments for Turris and Duchesne even more on top of it. So... Good on the three teams to get it done to avoid that awkward limbo in between trades because these players don't deserve that anymore. And Kyle Turris, he's done nothing but good things for this organization. So, And now he gets to go into a team, get used to their system, spend nearly a whole season with them. It's not like he's just pushed into a playoff run with them. So I think it works out for everyone that this trade was early. And I know, Brandon, you'll have something to throw in on this as well, but... The goals from behind the goal line are just killing the Senators. Freddie Clayson on both Brutal. of them. Well, um, it starts are you kidding off, me? It starts off with that kid in Montreal going the full length. But man, that Alex Tuck kid on Vegas looks good. What a power move to the front of the net on that one. And I've it drives me nuts. And I always say Anderson obviously doesn't work on this in practice. But on TSN today, uh, there was a guy I'm... I forget who it was, but he was shout at, out TSN. He was he, yeah, he was at the rink and he was saying the goaltender coach Mark Stone and Anderson were working on those wraparounds, and that was music to my ears because man, Anderson's got to work on those. It's I swear, to but that wasn't even a wraparound. It was Vegas a walk goal? out and tuck it. By t- tuck. Yeah, I was gonna say play on words. <laughs> nice. That was a that was a quick wraparound, and honestly, two out of three wraparounds on Anderson go in. And teams are taking notice. I feel like it happens every other game. They're getting a wraparound goal. So finally, they're working on that. <laughs> Shout out Stonesy working on his hands around the net too. Always getting worked Exactly, in. yeah. Regardless, I think that... I thought that Condon and... Um, Condon led in wraparound as well. Did he not? Probably. Yeah. Anywho. I thought that Anderson had made a lot of strides on that wraparound game. And including his puck, his puck playing behind the net. I thought... To start the year, he was looking a lot better, and then you saw Condon blow it behind the net. Anywho, Clayson, both of those goals where they walked out and tucked it in, the wraparound and then the tuck when he walked out and went far side on Anderson, Freddie Clayson 
be stronger out there. I know Johnny Oduya kind of lets you to dry as well, but I've never seen a defenseman be so soft in front of the net and then be so soft to let someone walk out. You're fighting with a lot of very, very good defensemen who are trying to crack this lineup. You need to be a lot tougher than that. Freddie Clayson for Josh Bailey. Call on it now. <laughs> I on you that heard note. Here first. On that note, though. On that note, though, guys, that's a tongue twister. Uh, out of the defensemen that are on the towards the bottom of the depth chart, I'm thinking Freddie Clayson, Chris Weidman, Ben Harper. Uh, is there any preference on which guy gets moved, or is it just you need to move because you have a surplus in numbers? Uh, for me, Ross, I don't. It's tough to say who I would prefer to get moved out of those guys, but Weidman, Harper, and Clayson. They all are on the last year of their deal. I think any one of those three, it just depends on what what team you're trading with, which guy they want more, and I think either one of them works to be a part of a deal. I, I just ripped on him, so I got to <laughs> go on him. Clayson brings the least amount of one particular aspect to the game. Harper at least brings that big physical presence. Weidman brings that smooth skating offensive ability. Puck handling. Yeah. Puck handling. Clayson... You know, he's a pretty good puck handler himself. He's okay offensively gifted. Doesn't bring anything off, uh, pardon me, anything physically to the game. He's kind of that middle man. If you're going to toss one guy out, at least make it the guy who's kind of in no man's land. Yeah, just quickly, if you're going to look for Freddie Clayson for offense, he, he's played 14 games this year and doesn't have a point. So really, where is the offense? Yeah, that's a fair point there. Uh, as I was looking, we just posted, uh, it's not as well known as the other favorite moments for tourists. So I just posted mine on uh, on our Twitter account, at Sense Central, uh, just the one against the Leafs. And when I was searching it, I forgot to, to include another great memory, and that's the spoiling of Austin Matthews' four-goal game. That's yeah. the one I wanted to add in quickly. I, I like. That moment was so sweet because we would have heard about it for... We still will. Yeah, we still will. But if Ottawa didn't win that game and Matthews got four goals, God forbid he got the overtime winner to make it five, I don't know what I would have done. Brandon, who's covering Kyle Turris on that back check? You heard it. Austin Matthews. Attaboy. That brings us a step ahead. That brings us perfectly into our favorite segment, Prairie Fire. It's time for Prairie Fire. We got to start calling it Prairie Run because Purdy fires the clip and then sprints over. It's <laughs> hilarious to watch. He's already out of breath. I can see him. All right, boys. That one was less of a fire and more of a prairie saunter. But anyways, getting back to the business thing. Chris Parliament, Matt Duchesne over Gabriel Laniscog. How and why makes him better, not only in the eyes of the centers, but you as a fan? Well, really what you have to look at is this is... This is an NHL where you have to be good down the middle to find success. And Matt Duchesne is a great centerman. He's got a career five point or sorry, fifty-two point eight faceoff percentage, which is actually two point eight higher than Kyle Turz, who has always been known as a pretty good guy on the dot. Yeah, you can talk about not being able to use your feet anymore. But getting back to the question, Matt Duchesne adds to a team that's already got the best faceoff percentage in the league in Ottawa. So just adding to your strengths is very important. He has more offensive uh, scoring touch and a higher ceiling, I think, as well than Gabriel Aniskog. It's nice to see the size, and you could talk about Gabriel Aniskog's big frame being helpful down low, but down the middle, this is very important, especially with Turris leaving town. Thanks, Parley. Now, Jermaine, run Blad for Kyle Turris. And eventually, 
flipping Turris for Matt Duchesne. Is that the best trade in Ottawa Senators history? Nope. The best trade in Ottawa Senators history is Alexi Yashin for the second overall pick in 2001, I believe, which ended up being um, Jason Spezza and Zdeno Chera. That is the greatest trade in Ottawa history and among the greatest ever for one team. Obviously a great trade, Jeremy, but it didn't push the Senators farther into the playoffs than this Taurus Rumblad deal. The Sens still went all the way to the Cup. Eastern Conference Final in 03 as well. Yeah, so, no. That was a a monumental... um, I don't want to say anything inappropriate, but beatdown of the Islanders, and uh, we know what the GM was there. Also, a little tidbit to that Rumblad tourist trade. The pick that the Sens gave to St. Louis to get Runblad. Who did the Blues select with that? Vladimir Tarasenko. Wow. Lots of pieces moving around for David Runblad. Yeah, but knowing how little Ottawa, uh, I won't say respects, but uh, wants Russians on the team. Uh, They haven't had one since Anton Volchenkov left and haven't drafted one since 07. So it's unlikely they would have taken Tarasenko, but hindsight 2020 doesn't look very good. Next one's fired to my man, Brandon Pillar, the guy who loves his fellow targets. This one's going to tug a little bit at your brain and at the heartstrings. Obviously, your favorite player, Dominic Hasek, he donned the pads in Ottawa. Now, between him and a slew of goaltenders you've seen through there up until now, Anderson, including guys like Tugnut and Lame, Hamburglar had the 21-2 run. Who's been the, the best Senators goaltender, in your opinion, either through inspiration through their talent with the team or the runs that they've gone on well Dominic Hasek is my favorite player of all time so I'm gonna say Dominic Hasek even though Anderson what he's done for this franchise is incredible but Dominic Hasek was unlike any other and you, you realize that Ray Emery both... had to bail out Dominic Hasek for he skated with the team for three other. weeks Hasek was day-to-day for three weeks in the playoffs. Ray Emery scrapped get, a player. Andrew Peters, he fought him. A player. Get out of here. Ray Emery had to scoop up Dominic Hasek's mess. He cruised around in a white Hummer H2. That's legendary. Missing flights to playoff games. Ray Emery is an absolute animal. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Okay, Pillar. so this went from being a goaltender-friendly show to the goaltender oh, we love goalies. to back to putting those goaltenders up on their upper plinth. Hey, we love finally, goalies. we'll go to our man with a plan, our host, Roscoe Levitan. Ross, a huge trade that uh, Pierre Dorian was able to pull off. So what else do the Sens need? They were a goal away from the finals last year. Who can they realistically target, and who do you see becoming this missing piece of the puzzle to push the Sens into the finals? Well, I don't think I can paint the piece of the puzzle for you, but I can tell you where it fits, and it's got to be at forward and most notably on the wing. Uh, we saw them add depth throughout the year last year with Victor Stahlberg and Tommy Wingles uh, being able to play certain roles on the team. They're going to have to do that again. Uh, I know there are a couple of injuries, most notably Bobby Ryan, but uh, having having Jack Rodewald in the lineup on an everyday basis is just unacceptable for a team that has the aspirations of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Chris Domenico has stepped in nicely. I, I've respected what he's done for the team, but uh, you're going to have to add a piece, and it's going to have to be on the wing be it left or right, there just has to be more depth because uh, you're not going to go through 12 forwards on a long playoff run. You're going to need 14, 15, 16. So, uh, yeah, you're going to have to add a piece. And I already mentioned Josh Bailey, one of the teams in New York, but another winger in New York that's kind of intriguing who is also an RA or a UFA at the end of the season is Michael Grabner. And that team is 
very much looking for depth at defense. Seen not a lot of guys do very well there on the blue line. So a guy like Michael Grabner, if you brought him in, that would make a pretty quick line with Matt Duchesne and Ryan Dezingle. Somebody I would look at too, Thomas Vanek. This guy gets moved all the time. Uh, the Canucks have him. They're also looking for help on defense. One of the defensemen could get moved. And the Senators go to shootouts constantly. Vanek was 5-5 five five nah. last year. Just He's saying. too slow. Nah. I, I don't want him. I want a guy with a little more speed. Grabner definitely gets my attention. I can see uh, all of attention. us looking at each other like, nah. <laughs> five for five in shootouts. Although, and speaking in of fairness, which, they do suck at the shootouts. We so. did shout out Thomas Vanek for the slap shot on the breakaway. We're going to get into a, a new segment about uh, how the farm team's doing in our next episode. But uh, Gabriel Gagne winning the inaugural game for the Belleville Senators on a slap shot in the shootout. What a beauty pulling that one off and uh, getting Belleville the win. So shout out to the Belleville Senators. Expect more great things for them. Colin White getting on the scoreboard for the first time with a primary assist as well. Only a matter of time before he's called up. Uh, but that'll do it for this trade edition of Send Central. Making sense of the Sends for Chris Parliament, Jeremy Hewson, and Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. Enjoy the week. Uh, sends are off until Friday and then hit a back-to-back against Matthew Shane's former team, the Colorado Avalanche. We'll see you soon. Go Sens, go.